You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the Speeds and Spittin' Statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spittin' Statistician, a.k.a. The Stable Genius and Vocal Minority. And welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Network. You can always catch me wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. You know what it is. We'll get representing the hashtag stats over beats cypher. Um, had a big show on Tuesday, live and direct from Studio 34. We uh, finished off the American League Central. We're going to start off the National League West as a new division preview to get you ready for the fantasy baseball season. Drafts are starting to get scheduled as you're getting ready for fantasy baseball. So we're going to kick it off with the NL West preview. I'm going to give you a little bit of a look into, I think we're going to go into the arms of the NL West right now. We're going to start that off. Then when we go to the NFL, listen, the combine is out there. We previewed the quarterbacks that I wanted to see at the at the combine. Want to see if Lamar Jackson proves himself. Want to see if Kyle Laletta can keep his hot streak going in terms of turning heads in this process. Um, the combine, you know, going to be kicking off uh, this week. I don't know if you saw uh, Quinn Nelson the guard out of Notre Dame putting up the bench press earlier this week. He could be an option for some of these top five teams shooting up the draft board. I know they don't want to usually draft a guard that early, but the focus of our football conversation on this episode of the Fantasy Freestyle is actually going to be, once again, about player safety and about head injuries. We have, as a special guest on the show, a friend of the Cypher, Dilly Dilly. It is licensed certified trainer, um, Thomas Lowe. He is going to join us a little bit later on in the show, and that's what we're going to be talking about when we get into the NFL. But um, we also got a poll question up, as always, and you can always find me at Spittin' Speeds on Twitter. Give me a follow. Tell a friend to tell a friend. They can be down with the hashtag StatsOverBeatCypher. Listen, there was a lot of conversation and we'll get into it also a little bit about them redefining a catch. We've been talking about this a lot in this offseason, the going to the ground part, that sort of thing. There's a lot of attention on that. But one of the things I find interesting is they are talking about changes to the pass interference rule as well. And I think this could be very, very interesting. They are talking about changing pass interference, DPI, defensive pass interference, from a spot foul to a 15-yard penalty. Okay, and there are definitely some times in a game where I love throwing the ball deep downfield because what they say is two out of the three things that can happen are good. You know, you can get the catch or you can get the penalty, and that works just the same for the offense. It may not work for your fantasy team, but if they're taking that away and making it a 15-yard penalty, it could have an interesting impact on some offenses. But I actually do think it's a good idea. They do the same thing in college. And so that, in fact, is our poll question in this episode. Do you think pass interference down the field should be a spot foul or a 15-yard penalty? Holla at your boy at Spittin' Speeds. Let me know. We got a lot of people participating right now. Um, so, But what I'm going to do is we're going to switch it up because, listen, this is a down part of the football season, the new league year. So we're going to get it, we're gonna push football to the back of this Bo, Sand- uh, Bo Jackson episode. Bo Sanders. I had Bo Bernie Sanders on my mind for some reason, but the Bo Jackson episode. And we're going to start with baseball. Okay, listen, right now, 
pitches and catches have reported. There's spring training games going on. The biggest free agent's still out there. We've been talking about this, like, lukewarm stove, and now, you know, spring training is going. And still, in my opinion, the biggest name out there, Jake Arrieta, still unsigned. Um, Boris Client, you know, the Nats, the Phillies, the Brewers, all potentially still in on Jake Arietta. Question for me is, will he eventually cave and take, like, a shorter deal? And, you know, I've been saying for years that there's no reason that pitchers should be able to get a, you know, six, seven-year deal, the way how fragile they are. So that's the that's the name to watch, in my opinion. But what we're going to do is we're going to go into the NLS. I told you we're going to talk arms. We're going to talk arms of the NLS. Excuse me. We're going to talk arms of the NLS and... Listen, last year the Dodgers were obviously the class of this division, but I think there's some interesting bounce-back potential and some interesting surprise potential in the arms here um, in the NOS. If you want to start, though, with the Dodgers, of course, you have Kershaw. Check. But here's the thing. When it comes to fantasy, you're either taking him in the first round or you're not going to have him, right? And are you going to be that person that drafts him, what, five overall, six overall? I, I personally wouldn't do it. I personally would rather these, like, 1A two tier starters if I'm going to go starters at all heavy but I'm not going to have Kershaw on many of my teams but I understand go ahead go get him but here's the thing like last year last year my problem with the Dodgers rotation is last year they were in essence doing a six-man rotation I was talking about this last year you know what they did to be quite honest was artfully manage the DL and they had guys that were often on the DL like whoa I'm talking Rich Hill I'm talking you know Hinjun Ryu Urias eventually went down and they're gonna do that again okay with Alex Wood Alex Wood 25 starts Rich Hill 20 starts Kenta Maeda 25 starts Hinjun Ryu 24 starts. You know, they're going to have Bueller and Verdugo probably even maybe make some starts this year. And I think they're going to continue to try and do this. No wonder they needed you, Darvish, you know, to try and eat innings, but they do not have him coming back this year. So I don't know that I like them because I don't know that they're going to be defendable. Yeah, they're good in their ratio stats. Their strikeouts are there. You know what I'm saying? But these guys are guys with 130 innings pitch, things of that nature. You know, they're low ERA and, you know, even Alex Wood was sick in the in the in his 152 innings pitch but I'm just not I'm just not trusting those Dodgers starters after Clayton Kershaw and to be quite honest I think it's going to be their downfall in the playoffs if they don't augment that by you know trading from their depth whether it be at outfield or elsewhere in their offense what I'm really interested in is uh out there in the bay out there in the bay with the Giants I am very very intrigued I'm gonna tell you right now you know like Hot take. Get ready to sweat some steam here on the Fantasy Freestyle with your boy Speeds. Madison Bumgarner is my Cy Young pick for the National League. All right, I think he's coming back off a down year. You know, you people always forget about guys. You always just think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's such short-term memory, you know. It's recency bias, and people are like, oh, Scherzer, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, I think that Madison Bumgarner and Noah Syndergaard are my two dark horse candidates right there for Cy Young. Those are the guys I'm putting my shekels on, okay? I think he's coming off a bounce-back year, so I'm thinking he's rested. But more importantly, and I love Madison Bumgarner. He's an example of one of these tier two, high two starters, 1A starters that I would love to get a little bit later on, except in the first round of Clayton Kershaw. But I actually think the two most important pitchers in this division are Johnny Cueto and Jeff Samarja. If they are healthy and solid, like they have been with their strikeout rates in that ballpark as twos and threes, along with the offensive enhancements that this lineup has made. I think these guys could, are the, the Giants could be primed for a bounce back season. In fact, I think they can milk out whatever they can out of Longoria, out of McCutcheon, out of Cueto. 
you know, out of Posey again this year. I like the Giants moving forward. I think these two are really two of the most important pitchers in this division. But I do like, um, I'm, I'm, I would be willing to take a shot with one or both of them above their ADP. In Arizona, I personally have never been a fan of Zach Grinky. I have never been a fan of Zach Grinky. Um, so he won't be on any of my teams. But um, I am on Robbie Ray. I was on Robbie Ray last year. I was talking about him all last year. Shot called by your boy Speeds, the fitness statistician. I'm talking about a guy with a 12.1 strikeout per nine. Okay, Um, I'm talking about 250 strikeout potential. Okay, I'm talking about he had 11.3 strikeout per nine last year. So this is consistent from a left-handed pitcher. Okay, but the thing is, everybody's going to be on him this year. I was early with him last year. He's the kind of guy you want to find the next this year's version of this year. Okay, I think it might be Danny Salazar, but that's or James Paxton, but that's besides the point. Okay, so I love Ray, but here's the thing: I would I would go to some of these other guys. I like Tyvon Walker if he's healthy off the foot. That's another. He's only 25 years old. That's another power arm right there. And it seems like all of these guys in Arizona, between Grinky, Ray, Tywan Walker, like Zach Godley was stable last year. Patrick Corbin, I think these guys, these are streaming candidates. Godley and, and, and Corbin are high-end streaming candidates to me. Okay, Tywan Walker is an interesting little risk-reward play late in the draft, in my opinion. Okay, um, But these guys are power arms. And I like that out of Arizona, but I think, you know, you're going to, unfortunately, you're going to have to overpay for Robbie Ray this year. Um, and, you know, Zach Greinke, he makes me anxious, so I can't mess with him. But my, 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 my surprise, to be quite honest, of this division is in San Diego. In San Diego, and this is, this, is, this is where I want you people to listen, okay? This is where stats overbeat Cypher, getting ready for your drafts. This is where I really, I think is really important, okay? Um, the San Diego Padres pitching staff is going to surprise some people. Clayton Richard was incredibly solid for the first three and a half months last season, okay? And he finished with a BABIP against him of 351. That is an outlier, Okay, he that that is going to regress down to the mean, and he's gonna you know over be better for it. And he was solid last year. I think Clayton Richard is very interesting. Uh, Lament Dilson Lament also very very interesting. I'm I'm talking about a guy with a nearly 11 strikeout per nine innings. A young kid that's still learning to develop. Had a 4.2 ERA. Okay, in only 114 innings, he's the kind kind of candidate that can get to 135 this year. Keep up his power arms. Uh, you know, trending. And, like, could he be under four this year in that ballpark? I, I believe it's possible. Um, in a division where um, the Diamondbacks have a worse offense uh, than they did last year. You know, I mean, I, I think it's possible. Um, and Perdomo could improve slightly also. And here's the thing. Watch Tyson Ross also. Dark horse. Like, diamond in the rough. True diamond in the rough. Okay? He was... Almost, he was basically 500 when he was when he was a kid in 2014, not even in 2015, a few years ago with the Padres. He was an All Star one year. Okay, he averaged a three ERA. He averaged like 202 strikeouts a year across like two two and a half years with the Padres. Like when he was on point, maybe a return for him. And I think that is very very interesting. My surprise team, I'm telling you, the San Diego Padres. I like Richard. I like Lament. I like the potential of Tyson Ross. Yo, get some bargain basement Padres because remember about this lineup also. I mean, not this, uh, not the lineup, the uh, ballpark that they are in. Okay, that's always something to consider people when they are pitching half their games at home. Like part of the reason you don't like the next team is the Colorado Rockies, who I think is still the worst pitching rotation in the NL West. You have the you have John Gray. Okay, power fastball, straight off, love it. 
but he's starting to become injury prone, in my opinion. So I, I, I don't trust him. See, the thing is with me, if I'm going to invest in drafting a starter, and that's, and that's to be honest why on a lot of my teams, I don't, I don't draft as many starters. I'm heavy on offense. I truly am. I got to tell you, I'm heavy on offense when it comes to my drafts and my auctions coming up, okay? My strategy is never really to win through the starting pitching because it's so flighty. It's so flighty. These pitchers are so injury prone. They are not making the 30 starts a year you need from your horses in order to win your leagues and win that cash. It's just not happening. You know, you draft a a third round outfielder or third baseman. That guy is going to play 150 games for you. You draft a third round starting pitcher and have him be your SP2. And then he and then he goes down with a with a pinched nerve in his elbow in May. And that is much more likely, in my opinion, to happen to the starting pitching position than any other position in fantasy baseball. So I, I, I stay away from it, to be quite honest. Okay? But um, if I'm going to invest in a starting pitching, I'm not going to invest in a starting pitcher that plays half of his games at Coors Field. Okay? So John Gray can have his power fastball. But the thing is, I, I don't know if he's going to really have how much more than 110 innings is he going to be. You know? The same way I said it about, uh, I think, Dilson Lament. You know, and those games instead of in San Diego would be in Coors. So I'm not sure about that. And the same thing about, you know, Tyler Chatwood, Tyler Anderson, Jack Bettis. These are guys with all 4.5 ERA and, and remember that ballpark. So I don't like them. When it comes to the arms, I'm telling you, my diamonds in the rough. I love these Padres, Tyson Ross, Dilson Lament. I like the arms in, in San Francisco as well in the Bay, two, two and three. I like Samarja maybe in Cueto this year. If Cueto, if Cueto, if you tell me Johnny Cueto makes. 28 starts this year and Madison Bumgarner does as well and Samarja does as well I'll show you a Giants team that is in contention in August with the wherewithal to make a move okay uh, so those are also diamonds in the rough Fugazis for me in the arms I'm telling you I'm also I, I told you how Zach Granke makes me anxious the other part about this is he's going into his age 34 season okay he has thrown over 170 innings in his last in six of his last seven years Okay, 202 innings pitched last year. Okay, that is a ballpark where the ball flies out. He's getting older. To me, he's an NLS fantasy fugazi. Forgot about him. He makes me a little too anxious. You know, Don the Jeweler knows what I'm talking about. Those are some diamonds and fugazis. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my um, I'm going to give you my predictions for the NLS um, when we do it. You know, next week. Out there in live in Studio 34, I will say this. I do like the Dodgers. I do think the Padres are in the back, but, you know, going in the right direction. And I'm, I, I like the Giants. I got to say, I do like the Giants. We'll see how much maybe uh, next week when we holler at it, when we continue our NL West preview. What I do want to do is switch gears now, though, and get into the NFL. Before we get into the NFL, though, I got to tell you real quick about our boys over at DKMS. If you listen to the Fantasy Freestyle, if you're part of the Stats Overbeat Cypher, you already know that um, we talk about DKMS all the time in the, the fight against blood cancer with the Fantasy Sports Network and DKMS. You know, LeBron James is a four-time MVP. Mike Trout is a two-time MVP. You may not be an MVP, but you can be in some ways, and that's if you go over to DKMS. Six out of every 10 patients will not receive a bone marrow transplant who need it. 
that has blood cancer. Okay, we want to change that, and it starts with you. At DKMS.org, you can register to be a bone marrow donor, and it only takes one minute. You can sign up online, and DKMS will send you a swab kit. You swab your cheeks, you send it back to DKMS, if that's it. Check out DKMS.org slash fantasy and join the more than 950,000 others that have signed up to be bone marrow donors. I know my man, the manimal, Chris Bavona, has done that as well. But like I said... We are switching gears over to football. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to holler at you about football, what's been going on, what the chief uh, health officer of the NFL is saying about the concussions that I talked about last week, and then what my man, part of the Stats Over Beats Cypher, licensed certified trainer Thomas Lowe has to say about concussions, about blood tests, about Rob Gronkowski, um, and if uh, what he's seeing in participation rates in youth sports as well. Real interesting stuff coming from licensed certified athletic trainer Thomas Lowe right here on the Fantasy Freestyle and the hashtag Stats Over Beats Cypher. Hit me up. The poll is still live as well. Should pass interference be a spot foul or a 15-yard penalty um, if they do in fact make that rule change? Come on back. We're going to keep it locked. Uh, you know, Stats Over Beats, you know what it is. Helping you win your leagues and win that cash. Come on right back. Fantasy Freestyle. Skix sneakers are taking over tailgates and alumni homes across America. Skix canvas high top, low top, slip on, and kids tennis style sneakers designed in officially licensed college colors and logos is a must have for every college fan's wardrobe. Fun, fashionable, and comfortable. Whether you're at the big game or watching the game at home, Skix helps fans perform better. Go to Skix.com and use promo code FNTSY for 15% off your pair now. That's Skix.com. Skix sneakers, the soul of a true fan. <laughs> it never gets old. All right, everyone. Two truths, one lie. I was going to be on the real world. I play the oboe and I saved a kid's life. You definitely never saved a kid's life. I'm serious. Last summer, I donated bone marrow to a kid who had leukemia. Saving a life. The truth is, it's easier than you think. Learn how at DKMS.org. <laughs> who knew we were living with a hero? Um, a hero <laughs> who plays the oboe. <laughs> Since 1995, Real-Time Fantasy Sports has been the most trusted site in the fantasy industry. Home to an award-winning commissioner service and endless money leagues offered at a variety of formats and skill levels, RTSports.com is the only destination for the fantasy player who wants it all. Plus, RT Sports offers the most reliable and quickest payouts for any level of fantasy player. Do you like trades? Hate trades? Want a league for just three weeks? No problem. RTSports.com offers it all. And to ease the gameplay for all kinds of players, we're optimized for desktop, phone, or your tablet, making it simple to play wherever, whenever. Ready to get started? Head to RTSports.com slash lobby to check out all the games we have to offer and sign up to play today. RTSports.com, everything a fantasy player could ever want under one award-winning roof. Steiner Sports is the leading memorabilia provider for the New York Yankees, Rangers, Giants, Knicks, and the Brooklyn Nets. Featuring hundreds of items from your favorite athletes, Steiner Sports is your source for the best sports gifts. Go to SteinerSports.com box and shop our collection of memorabilia boxes, which include 10 gifts for the price of one. We've made one for each of your favorite teams. Hurry, supplies are limited, and these are some of the best deals we have ever offered. So go to SteinerSports.com box today. 
Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. Back to the fantasy freestyle. It's your boy Dane Martinez, Beast, spitting statistician, stable genius, vocal minority. You know what it is here on the Fantasy Sports Network, representing the hashtag Stats Over Beat Cipher. I told you we got the pass interference call question up on the poll at Spitting Speeds. You can holler at your boy. Want to get into some quick news notes around the NFL at this time of year. What you're gonna hear about is a lot of veterans getting cut. It's towards the end of the year. Teams are trying to clear cap space. And we're seeing a lot of that in this week. Okay, the Panthers have cut running back Jonathan Stewart. He's their all-time leading rusher. Okay, Jets running back Matt Forte announced his retirement. The Colts announced they will not re-sign Frank Gore. This is what we are seeing. This is the stages of the NFL season. What we're going to have then after this is, you know... The circle of life in the NFL, though, because we have the combine where some of these young kids are going to be running around in their underwear, lifting weights and stuff like that. Um, And so it continues. Instead of Frank Gore, you're going to be hearing the name, you know, Darius Geis instead. You know, instead of Matt Forte, you're going to be hearing the name Nick Chubb instead. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be hearing these kinds of names. Saquon Barkley, uh, Ronald Jones, Sony Michelle. Elijah Penny, um, I think these uh, Rashad Penny, excuse me, these are guys you're going to be hearing. So uh, it's going to be very interesting. All right, so the combine. But one of the things that also happens is kind of like the league meetings. You know, there the commit competition committee meets. We're talking about what is the catch, the, the pass interference. But what it's also happening is checking this out. We have more comments out of chief medical officers, okay? And and, and it's interesting because I talked about the con- the concussion issue and how that the number went up. And I actually said on a previous episode of Fantasy Freestyle that I think that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Because then they're, we're identifying it more. We're taking people out when they have this, and that's good for player safety. You know what I'm saying? But it sounds like Dr. Allen Still, who is the chief medical officer of the NFL, disagrees. He says the, the increase in concussions up to 291 is a quote-unquote call to action does not in fact believe that what I was saying is like that it's good because you're identifying it, you're raising awareness. He says, quote, it's not okay to simply stand behind that and say, well, the numbers are going up because we're doing a better job. I think to me, it's really a call to action to see what we can do to drive it down. And I think that's exactly the bad, wrong mentality. We're not looking to drive it down artificially per se. Of course, we are with proper technique and things like that. But like, I think at, at this part of the cycle of our education of this, it's important. They, like, for example, they're now saying that 47% of concussions involved addressing it with a medical official and that that is the highest effort. So that is a good thing. But to me, 47% and that's the highest ever were addressed by a medical official? Shouldn't it be like 100? That's absolutely crazy. And, and also still 9% of the NFL um, had a concussion this year okay so i don't know why you're trying to necessarily drive it down i think we have to accept that this is a risk in this game on some level and get better with technique get better with equipment get better with science and data 
But this idea for me of thinking you need to quote unquote drive it down sounds a little bit artificial to me. I think safer helmets, I think educational warning signs, rule changes, you know, and um, I think we should be glass half half uh, half full about this. And I was even more encouraged when I talked to my uh, my boy, you know, friend of the cipher, Dilly Dilly, hashtag stats over beats, hashtag Dilly Dilly. Uh, licensed certified athletic trainer Thomas Lowe. I had a chance to catch up with him. You remember him. So um, let me play you some of that conversation because I think it's really insightful. He's he's kind of with me, and I, I like having a, a medical opinion that agrees with me when I go up against the league because they called me ignorant last time when I talked about Cam Newton. Hashtag all quarterbacks matter. Hashtag all brains matter. But um, check out my uh, conversation with Thomas Lowe. You know what it is. All right, everybody. So here on the Fantasy Freestyle, we are back. And, you know, if you listen to the Fantasy Freestyle, you listen to the show, you know we've had our next guest on before. This is licensed, certified athletic trainer, Thomas Lowe. He's been with us before talking a lot about player safety, talking a lot about from everything from the concussion protocol to uh, how to measure your urine for hydration. And we welcome Thomas Lowe back on the show. How you doing, uh, Thomas? Hi, Dane. How are you? We're doing good. We're doing good. Thanks again for making the time. And listen, you know, we've talked to you now about, I don't know, three or four times maybe, really focused around player safety and around head trauma. And um, I wanted to kind of bring you on after the season and just ask you, you know, do you think do you think um, progress has been made in at least kind of shining a light on how important, uh, you know, head trauma and player safety is generally? Like, are you hearing about it more in your field? The dangers yes. of CTE, the dangers of playing football. Just where where is this at, in your opinion? Yes, uh, gr- great gains are being made about keeping players safe, learning more about how to better diagnose them, learning better how to manage them. Um, a lot of uh, options coming up, too. So I'm not certain where you want to discuss it. If you want me to rattle off some of the things that have been... Uh, yeah, sure, that would be What are some of the things you've seen? Well... We're, we're hearing a lot of evidence with the CTE on that it is about hits, not just concussions, it's hits. And But the thing is, we don't know what that hit count is. But the nice thing is Rydell and some other companies actually have these accelerometers in the helmet. We actually have them now, too. And they could actually easily turn that on where right now we have it set to where based on a certain G-force impact, it alerts us and says, hey, we need to have a conversation with that kid. I think I told you about these last time we talked. But they could easily turn this into just a hit count. We can lower the sensitivity or adjust the sensitivity once we find out what is that impact, what is what constitutes a hit. You know, that's uh, that's in what's going to be just like pounds of pressure or force in each hit. Well, that's what's going to be discussed because there's some variation with a rotary hit, and you also don't have to get hit in your your head to get a concussion to get hit in your body but but the cte stuff is showing about hits to the head is is they're showing there's some relationship or correlation there but like what constitutes a hit we don't know that's not quite as black and white as a pitcher with the pitch count right that he throws so many with the hit that's still you know being determined so that's interesting news to kind of keep an eye you know the thing is if we keep an eye on that and we get these little guys 
high schoolers, college, and helmet, and we we can keep track of that. And then eventually, if we find out what that hit is, then they'll kind of be armed with some running history right. of of how much they've suffered, you know, in their time. Um, another so would thing you be that able we're to seeing then almost uh, Thomas. Let me ask you. Would you be almost able to like pinpoint then when the player is at greatest risk? Would this be a measure of kind of like wear and tear? I know you made the analogy to like innings pitched or a pitch count on an arm. Would are you saying then that they're working to establish kind of a certain oh I don't know maybe threshold where after that amount of trauma or amount of hits to the head you're at even greater risk of brain trauma? Those are the questions that are being asked right now. So there seems to be evidence that it's hits, not necessarily that you've had a diagnosable concussion, but it's hits, it's repeated trauma to the head. So right now we have more questions than answers. I see. On, on, in, in terms of that goes, so you know, we just need to gather more more data. We're learning. We're, we're learning at an incredibly fast pace because guess what? Everybody's paying attention now. Right. And so I guess that's step one, right? The awareness is out there. It has been so front and center. And that brings me to one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Thomas. Um, you know, the NFL actually reported that there was a 13% increase in concussions this year in the NFL, up to 281 that were actually diagnosed. And they're saying that there was 45 that were actually diagnosed in practice. Now, some people are saying that this, you know, is kind of a warning that they still need to get it under control, whether it be with equipment or whether it be with training on the right way to tackle. I've actually on air, Thomas, argued the opposite, that identifying this number may actually be a good thing because that means they are getting you know diagnosed identified and the players are then sitting out the way they should to be able to recover specifically they've noticed that 45 have happened in practice and to me that's something that you didn't really hear about much players getting concussions in practice and then you know having to sit out so maybe it's actually a good thing what's your take on that this increase in diagnosed concussions it's, it's not just the pros it's not just the pros in the nfl it's, it's colleges, it's high schools, it's it's all levels. And it just has to do with awareness. And I don't think there's any more concussions. They're being reported. People now know what a concussion is. Players now know what a concussion is. Coaches know better what a concussion is. There's less denial. There's less covering up. There's less masking. There's less playing through the pain. There's Everybody's aware of the ramifications now. So... There's just more being reported. I don't really think there's um, more of them. There's just more awareness and sensitivity to it now. I see. So one of the biggest things, you know, there are a couple of, you know, separate occurrences this season, Thomas, where some players were, you know, um, checked out and ultimately cleared to be back on. A couple of uh, specific cases around Tom Savage with Houston, maybe Cam Newton in the playoffs. And one of the things the NFL did in response, Thomas, is to add the number of what they call UNCs, which are unaffiliated neurology, uh, neurology consultants. These are not team doctors, kind of supposed to be independently um, objective people that have the ability to pull players out of the game. Um, do you think this is a, a step in the right direction? Yes, I do. It's actually part of their concussion, you know, checklist as far as their protocol. 
that's one thing that's that's unique um, at that level compared to mine is that this independent neurologist and what that is that prevents a conflict of interest because anybody that's really with their team and as you get enmeshed in with the success of your team and the rise and fall it's it's really easy for us and we have to constantly fight it the medical people we have to constantly fight making cheerleading decisions and some of the most sleepless nights i can recall in my career would be was I making a cheerleading decision? Was I making a good medical decision? And then that was probably my greatest point of wisdom in my career is learning how to monitor myself when I wasn't to not make a cheerleading decision because it's a conflict of interest. So having an independent neurologist prevents that conflict of interest. It makes it a pure medical decision without without you know, being uh, conflicted with being a cheerleader for your team. Sure, but what about this, Thomas? I mean, we talk about how they're unaffiliated, and I completely get that, how the team doctor may be vested in certain players. You know, I was railing about this, like, let's say a complete stud, like a Tom Brady or a Drew Brees, you know, gotten banged up in a game. There'd be a lot of pressure to put them back out there, and I completely understand that. But these unaffiliated consultants, aren't they also on some level with a conflict of interest given the fact that they are paid by the NFL? You know, so don't they have some level of that conflict as well? Or do you think it's possible to truly be unaffiliated? You talk about cheerleading decisions. What about kind of financial decisions? Don't you kind of want to be in rotation of the doctors that are in good graces with the league? I'm, I don't. <laughs> that's a that's a tough question. Okay. Uh, it, it's it's tough in terms of somebody's financial motivation, but I, I don't know what they're what they're getting paid. I, I don't really. Right. I, I I can't really comment on what would what would drive them. I would. My, my thinking is that they're in integrity and they're making solid you know decisions for their patient, not with the conflict of interest to to be there. So. Because the, the NFL really is trying to do stuff right. Everybody's trying to do stuff right. And so by doing this, is they don't want to get in trouble any further. They want to make sure they're doing, doing the right thing. And one of the ways, this is their protocol. Mm-hmm. Nobody made them insert you know, a, a third party to come in and do that. So that's a way for them to protect themselves. Sure. So let's not talk about their intent or their interest. I want to ask just about the feasibility. There's also a um, an enhancement that they made to this procedure, Thomas, around the playoffs. They even have a, um, a UNC, an unaffiliated neurology consultant, centrally located in New York watching the games, kind of like they do for instant replay now. And that person also has the ability to kind of buzz and yank someone. And they're saying that they're they're able to notice that some of these features from... The television feed, um, yeah. you know, specifically they're talking about stumbling when trying to get up and what they call the fencing posture. Can yeah, you these tell me a spotters. little bit more about the fencing yeah. posture and if that's even feasible to well, see that on video? These, yeah, these are spotters. They have trainers doing this and they'll, they have neurologists doing it. So they have people that are spotting because when you, when you have uh, all the video feed, you've got a lot more than maybe what you might see from your one perspective on the field. So in addition to you know, the field staff that's down there. You also have uh, staff that's looking at the video for when somebody is just holding their head or they're getting up slow. Um, 
you know, you can you can just see more on on TV than you will if you're kind of right there. Your perspective has many angles. So these spotters, I think that's um, an interesting approach that they're doing, and I and I like it. I, I really do. Okay, great. Can you tell me a little bit? You know, when I first read this idea, the fencing posture, I was a little confused. What exactly does that refer to? As far as just as far as their their lean, as far as when somebody's off balance and they're trying to trying to catch themselves, they have this this lean or this step. Mm. Uh, if if you watch a fencer, they have this they they've got this lunge. You know, everything is kind of a lunge. So basically, when you get hit or you're trying to get up, and then you're kind of in this leaning or lunging position, you're trying to catch yourself, but instead of lunging forward, they're trying to get back up, and there's this delay to that. Licensed certified athletic trainer Thomas Lowe talking about that lean when you get a concussion. When we come back on the Fantasy Freestyle, we're going to hear more from Thomas Lowe in terms of how we might be able to identify concussions in the future and why it's okay for Gronk to wear his sunglasses at night. Come on right back. It's the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Network with your boy Dane Martinez, speed and spit statistician. Steiner Sports is the leading memorabilia provider for the New York Yankees, Rangers, Giants, Knicks, and the Brooklyn Nets. Featuring hundreds of items from your favorite athletes, Steiner Sports is your source for the best sports gifts. Go to SteinerSports.com slash box and shop our collection of memorabilia boxes, which include 10 gifts for the price of one. We've made one for each of your favorite teams. Hurry, supplies are limited, and these are some of the best deals we have ever offered. So go to SteinerSports.com slash box today. How's it going in there? Five more minutes. Okay, let's play a game. Two truths, one lie. We're not going to be late to the party. In the time you've taken to get ready, you could have been on your way to saving a life. And I'm wearing that tie you hate. We're not going to be late. We're 10 minutes away. You wouldn't dare wear that tie. And I can't save a life. I'm not a firefighter. Actually, I swabbed my cheeks last week. It takes less than a minute to get your cheek swabs. Register at DKMS.org and you can be a superhero by helping someone out. Since 1995, Real-Time Fantasy Sports has been the most trusted site in the fantasy industry. Home to an award-winning commissioner service and endless money leagues offered at a variety of formats and skill levels, RTSports.com is the only destination for the fantasy player who wants it all. Plus, RT Sports offers the most reliable and quickest payouts for any level of fantasy player. Do you like trades? Well, yeah. Do you hate trades? Yeah, sure. Want a league for just three weeks? No problem. RTSports.com offers it all. And to ease the gameplay for all kinds of players, we're optimized for desktop, phone, or your tablet, making it simple to play wherever, whenever. Ready to get started? Head to RTSports.com slash lobby to check out all the games we have to offer and sign up to play today. RTSports.com. Everything a fantasy player could ever want under one award-winning roof. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium 
and learn more about our awesome product. Skix sneakers are taking over tailgates and alumni homes across America. Skix canvas high top, low top, slip on, and kids tennis style sneakers designed in officially licensed college colors and logos is a must-have for every college fan's wardrobe. Fun, fashionable, and comfortable. Whether you're at the big game or watching the game at home, Skix helps fans perform better. Go to Skix.com and use promo code FNTSY for 15% off your pair now. That's Skix.com. Skix sneakers, the soul. All right, thanks a lot. We're talking with a uh, certified athletic trainer, Thomas Lowe, here again on the Fantasy Freestyle. That's both Pete Cypher and Dave Martinez. Um, Thomas, you mentioned that there are some great um, improvements in the technology. You know, you talk about some of the things that they can input into, whether it be shoulder pads or helmets, to kind of measure some of the strength of some of the hits. What are some of the other things? You mentioned Riddell as an equipment maker. What are some of the other things that might be happening, giving us more information um, into kind of the bigger, faster, stronger of players and what it means for uh, safety in their bodies? Well, not so much in terms of the technology for the helmet, but one of the new things that uh, we're hearing that the FDA had approved a blood test that could potentially find these biomarkers to indicate that somebody has a concussion. So that's going to be interesting to see uh, when that comes out. And we've got some really, really good neurologists here in my area. We actually have Julian Bales in this area. He's actually right here in my hometown. And and I I work under the auspice of him and his team um, from uh, North Shore Medical. And so it's going to be interesting to see if this is adopted where they're actually using a blood test to actually tell if somebody has a concussion. I don't know how far out that is, but it's being released now that this test was approved. Oh, wow. And with, how, would that, how would that compare to, say, a baseline? Is it certain what, – what exactly happens in your blood when you get a concussion? And how would they be able to kind of um, get that initial baseline for athletes? Well, it's, it's not so much that you need a baseline. It's just a, a different biomarker oh. that shows up with the enzymes. There's actually a, a biochemical change with concussion, and that's when it gets uh, really dangerous for, for humans is when that happens. And so this blood test is able to pick those up, these, these different indicators that, that pop up. And so they use a, a CT uh, to go through and, and pick it up. Now, how far, how accurate this is, it's going to be interesting. This is literally in the past couple of months. I've seen, uh, read several studies on it, but you know how how well that is in picking up these proteins, uh, the UH, you know, UCH and uh, this uh, GFAP, these different proteins of brain releases into the blood. And if they can measure that within a short time after the trauma, it may be able to help us diagnose. Yes, you did have concussion. Wow, that's incredible. Um, and, and, and talk to me a little bit more about this, Thomas, especially as it relates to something you mentioned before that, you know, they're also trying to measure, in essence, a, um, a measure of wear and tear on the brain based on not just concussions, but on the accumulation of hits, right? So could we see a universe in the future where you would have to take some of these blood tests even after some kind of traumatic brain event in order to be cleared to see if these enzymes or elements dissipate from your blood to the extent enough to be cleared? And could we see this in other sports as well? I wouldn't see why not if, if it became standard practice just as an x-ray is that, yes, you have a fracture. It's uh, it's not safe to resume until it's stabilized. I, I wouldn't see why not, but it's, it's a little too early to know about its efficacy. Right now it was approved. And so, you know, I think things are heading in the right direction, that people are asking the right questions and they're, they're trying to find more objective means 
of judging a concussion because right now so much is subjective. Right. It's it's us inter- interviewing the the athlete. It's us looking at some. There are functional tests as far as balance and eye scan, looking for nystagmus, et cetera, where the eyes really reveal a lot, but there's still a level of interpretation to it. It's, there isn't a black and white like an x-ray. You have a fracture. You don't have a fracture. So it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, and I would also imagine from your side of the fence, Thomas, this would also be great because it would remove some of these you know, cheerleading decisions that you referenced before. Like if you can run a blood test, that's a lot more objective than somewhat something of the subjective tests that you may see on the sidelines, thus maybe taking some of the uh, cheerleading decisions out of it, you know, and being as objective as possible if it's something like a blood test, correct? Yeah, it would. And then it would also uh, free me up to release people that can play. I'm fine. You hear that a lot. I'm fine. I really feel fine. Sorry, everything appeared as uh, consistent with concussion. You're in the protocol now, but I'm fine. And unless there's a definitive way to say, no, we're going to now err on the stand of caution. And that's you're in the protocol and you're going to have to go through, you know, the minimum mandatory five, six stages. Wow. Um, so yeah, would so that be nice if it was clear? Objective is, yes, uh, now, now you're clear. Now you can play. Boy, that would that would be nice when people say they are and they actually are fine. Yeah. Let me ask you one more question, Thomas. Uh, there was a case of a kind of frontline player. Um, who was dealing with a concussion heading into the Super Bowl, and that was Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. What I thought was interesting is, you know, he was ultimately cleared and played, but he missed, um, he missed media day, okay? And that was on Tuesday. And that's, and you know, and they said that he wasn't really ready yet for all the kind of loud snapping of the cameras and the bright lights and, you know, you know, all that stuff that goes along with, you know, kind of that media availability. But wouldn't you think that the Super Bowl is kind of, uh, a game even more than regular games in terms of the the noise and the lights and the cameras and the, and the sound system for the halftime artist. Do you think it might be even harder to get cleared for such a big game with all those press opportunities and everything that goes around the Super Bowl for a guy like Gronk? <laughs> yeah, I have um, mixed thoughts about this and being you know here on the radio with you, uh, that's going to be hard for me without knowing all the facts, but I'll just try and speak eloquently and, and carefully on this. You've done well is, so far, Thomas. Trust if, me. If I have an athlete that's still sensitive to light and sound and talking and media... By um, Tuesday, and then five days later. Well, no, five days later, um, that could that could happen. So, as far as... But if it's going to, you know, if it's... You can't clear up that quickly. Typically, that's kind of within that first stage, or you're still symptom. So, if you're still symptomatic... Right. You're still symptomatic. You're not even in the protocol yet. So all your symptoms have to be gone. I mean, it's not... And that's not when that, the protocol starts. That's when the protocol starts. But it's not like... Because some people have migraines. Some people are sensitive to light and sound. Some people have tinnitus. We're talking about what's different for you. And so if there are certain things that kind of aggravate you anyway, you know, loud noise and so on, and then you're coming off a concussion, yeah, you may have a, a heightened sensitivity to that uh, from that standpoint. So it may be protecting them. And just to keep from re-triggering them to make sure we can continue to advance with the protocol. I mean, we're talking about millions here. Yeah. So you're going to want to protect your investment and make sure there is no one step forward, two steps back. And, tr- and trying not to do everything. I mean, I'll put kids in sunglasses in a classroom. I'll have them put, I'll have them put earplugs in to, to deaden the sound, not so they can't hear instruction. But in colleges and in high schools, it's called what's called return to learn. You got to be able to return to learn and not have all these things trigger and set you off before you're even ready to return to play. So five days, could you be sensitive? And then five days later, complete? 
Um, yeah, you can. Every case is different, right? Yeah, every case is different, so it's really hard for me to, to judge his medical care and him. I can I can see reasons why, but I can also see right reasons to ask. Was he ready? And and that's not really fair of me to do that openly. Fair enough, Thomas. But, you know, as a Jets fan, any chance I get to nail the Patriots to the wall, I'd love to do it. <laughs> but, but let me get you out of here on this, and I think this will be a, a less uh, controversial one. One of the things we see here in football in this time in the offseason, Thomas, interestingly enough, is we're seeing more and more NFL players retire. Decide to just walk away from the game, and we're talking about guys with, you know, that are under 30 years of age that have had less than, say, five to seven years experience. And you mentioned it before, this kind of awareness that is out there, and people are taking this decision in their own hands, you know, after they've already made millions, so that they can still preserve themselves from their life. Um, and you, Thomas, I know, work at the high school level and at the college level. People have always wondered about the future of the NFL. You know, like, will it get to a point where people don't want to play football no more anymore? Will the NFL go away? So I want to ask you, at the at the levels that you work at, you know, in high school and in college, are you seeing any kind of fears from families or any drop in participation? Yeah, and, and even from that, that level, we've had one of our, our star stud um, backs uh, left college. He was drafted, and then he was hit so hard basically knocked in tomorrow and basically shut it down at that point, uh, Wiseman. So uh, I've seen our guys come from high school where they were drafted and shut it down. We're seeing less enrollment. Uh, there's actually many schools. Sometimes they can't even feel the whole team oh, wow. with it. And, and this, this is... <laughs> This is sad because the coaches are doing a great job. They're making it safer and safer and safer. I'm not seeing concussions in practice with at, at our level longer. Not at varsity. Maybe a little bit more at freshman because they're still learning how to hit. They're learning how to fall. They're, they're lear- That's right. They're learning contact. But when we start to look at this, there's a lot of fear and a lot of attack on football. And... You know, kids, parents need to look at their kids wearing helmets biking. Little kids that are like around 10 and young, you know, youth, there's more head injuries and concussions from them cycling without helmets. And and it's the same for teens. So, yes, it starts getting replaced with football and so on, but we need to look at cheerleaders and, and cheerleaders stunting and being tossed, But and we need to look at the cycling. So if we're really looking at protecting kids' heads, there's a lot of areas that aren't getting attention, and it seems like football is getting beat up. Uh, a lot for this uh, hyper awareness, you know, that we're seeing. Yeah, no, I remember one time we spoke before, Thomas, you told me that cheerleading was actually the sport where you see the most head trauma. I was taken aback by that, maybe football getting uh, something of a bad rap. But as you say, there is proper instruction going on at the youth levels, equipment, technology advances that are happening. Do you think, do you think we get to a, a place where uh, the game changes just by technique of tackling or by equipment that makes it safe? Or do we um, get to a place where people know their limits with these kind of technologies and how many hits they've accumulated and continue to walk away before they hit the magic number? Well, yeah, I think all that needs to happen, yes. Walk away before you hit the magic number, before you, you self-destruct and implode. I mean, that's what we're trying to prevent. But it's also nice not to have to live in a bubble. I mean, most of the activities I do, if, if you don't have a helmet or there's some risk, it's boring to me. So, I mean, there's many people that are going to want to live their life and not live in a bubble, but they're also not going to want to become, you know, paralyzed, depressed, suicidal, um, and just become dysfunctional because of this. You know, there's an uh, interesting piece I just saw, 30 for 30, if you might have uh, caught that, with Jim McMahon. Uh, he was kind of our, one of our local heroes here out of Chicago. Yeah. And the long-term effects of, of, you know, 
being hit in the head and all the concussions he played through. So I think there's a lot of people just don't want to have permanent disability, and that's and that's wise. And we need to get more information so we can help them make informed choices yeah. so they can play but play safely. Yeah, we hope we can figure this out. It almost feels like when you talk about hits even and not concussions, it almost feels like how you can find the holding penalty on almost any play, especially with the offensive and defensive lines just running into each other. You're going to accumulate that hit, those hits, but I hope that we continue to try and stay ahead of the curve and inform people as much as possible. And I appreciate it, Thomas, uh, licensed certified athletic trainer Thomas Lowe coming on the Fantasy Freestyle to help us and our listeners really understand. Hey, Thomas, when uh, baseball season gets started in a couple of months, we'll have you on to talk about all these hamstring pulls and oblique injuries, okay? (laughs) All right, thank you. Thanks for the uh, honor to talk with you. All right, absolutely. Sounds good. Thanks again, Thomas, uh, here on the Fantasy Freestyle. So there you have it, my conversation with licensed certified athletic trainer Thomas Lowe, friend of the Fantasy Freestyle, Dilly Dilly. He has been part of the Stats Over Beat Cypher for a minute. Um, I want to also, you know, change gears, although Thomas Lowe brings us the great insight. At the end of this episode of Fantasy Freestyle, I also got to give you, you know, the fun in functional sports radio. So I want to talk about a couple of stories in the NBA. The defending champion Golden State Warriors uh, were in Washington to play the Wizards this week. And so it came back up that they were, you know, eschewing their uh, ceremonial trip to the White House. They were invited, uninvited. You know, Steph Curry had some things to say. Instead, check this out, though. They were going to an African-American museum with school kids from Seat Pleasant, Maryland, in the area. And that's also Kevin Durant's neighborhood, his uh, area high school. Clay Thompson said, you know, with not going to the White House, though, it is a quote-unquote great honor, but they were, you know, uncomfortable going. They said they didn't want to politicize it, but instead they're just going to hang out with some kids, go to the museum. Hopefully teach them things they learned along the way, life lessons, and hopefully give them some great memories. They actually, in fact, thought about meeting with the Democrats, but then decided that would, in fact, be politicizing things. So who knows? But, you know, um, everybody trying to make their stand, get their voice heard, regardless of what corner they are, uh, you know, fighting into or backing into. But check this out. Let's keep it in political basketball, okay? So we got the Warriors eschewing the current administration, the head of the last administration may have a future with the San Antonio Spurs. Check this out. Um, At a conference, a sports conference at MIT, Barack Obama said he would love to take a free agent meeting with the Spurs. He says, and I quote, they're smart, they're well run, they're focused on team, he said. Um, They treat everybody in the organization with respect. It's the kind of organization that I want to be a part of. So I would say over the last 15 years in basketball, San Antonio would be a great example at that, and I'd love to take a meeting. But check this out. On the flip side, Popovich, not necessarily um, going for it, not necessarily right in. Says he still needs to vet them. You know, still needs to vet Barack. That uh, it's flattering, you know, but he has to do a background check. He says. Um, but this wasn't the first time, actually. Uh, former President Forty Four um, basically said nice things about the Spurs when the Spurs won the championship after the uh, fourteen fifteen season, I believe, when they went. Um, you know, he actually said that the Spurs represented the America as a team first country and all their and that culture and value so you know they've had a long-standing relationship but um i still don't think that's feasible one thing that might be more feasible uh, as we keep it rocking here on the fantasy freestyle on the fantasy sports network last thing i'm going to talk about tonight is uh check this out in philly they are going hard maybe for lebron uh the the Sixers and Cavs played each other this week. And also, like, they have young talent, they have money to spend, and they're, like, in straight recruitment mode. Check this out. A um, 
Power Home Remodeling, which is based in Philly, paid for three billboards. And, you know, there is that movie out there right now, three billboards, right? But these three billboards are used to basically recruit LeBron, okay, and hashtag complete the process. One is uh, just says Philly wants LeBron. One says, like I said, complete the process. And the other has just like the numbers of a starting lineup with uh, number 23 in there with a crown on it, along with Ben Simmons is 25, Sarge is 9, MB 21. And this one has Covington at 33, so like no guards in this lineup. And also no... Uh, no faults, the uh, you know number one overall pick of this year as he tries to uh, make a jump shot look look great again, shall we say? But um, you know the CEO of this organization was like, we're passionate about Philadelphia. We want the best athletes to play here. We're in, have an amazing city, you know. So they're in full on recruit mode. I think that was creative. I think that was cool. And you never know. That could be an interesting fit in a way to try to extend it by passing the baton, you know, to uh, the process and Embiid. And Simmons. That could be interesting. We'll see what LeBron does this summer. That's about my time. Check it out. You can still get up on that poll. Remember, at Spittin' Speeds, always you can follow me. Holla at your boy. Um, you know, the question is, should defensive pass interference be a 15-yard penalty or should it be a spot foul? I think it's interesting that uh, they might think about reducing it. And uh, check it out. Don't forget about our people over at FantasyFactor.com. Fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. There are flatter prize pools, smaller fields, single-entry contests. Only single-entry contests, which is better, so you're not going up against all these sharks with these algorithms and whatnot. And they're running free NHL and NBA free rolls every week. It's free entry. Sign up and enter www.fantasyfactor.com. You know what it is. It's your boy Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. the Spitting Statistician, a.k.a. the stable genius and vocal minority. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Freestyle. Know what it is. I'll see you next week live and direct from Studio 34. I'm out. Peace.